Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I'm here with Madison Klecker and we are going to be talking a lot about pregnancy and postpartum as it relates to pelvic pain. A lot of people experience that and she has a great scope as a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach and doula. So Madison, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some insight on what you do, who you are, what you're about. Yeah, so I am Madison Kleckler. I am an online trainer. I'm also a birth doula. I started my journey as a biology major. I was really into how the body works. Um, when I was pregnant with my first, I was in an advanced anatomy class where I dissected a cadaver. And that was kind of the start of me really getting to know the muscles and the insertions and what they do. Um, and so that carried over kind of into my, as I started to become a trainer. And I started at a small studio that specialized in corrective exercise. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically taking back pain, hip pain, pelvic pain, these things, and seeing back into the biomechanics of it all. And how can we strengthen the body in ways that can reduce these kinds of pain. So when I started to specialize in pregnancy and postpartum, this is something I saw a lot of like pregnancy, pelvic pain is super duper common. It's often brushed off as just part of pregnancy and just something that you have to deal with until the baby comes out. But the more and more that I coach people through this, the more I realize it doesn't really go away. And people were coming to me in the postpartum period, like, well, my doctor said this would stop and it hasn't. And there has to be something I can do because I've been told that it's basically normal and it will go away, but it's just not doing that. So when I started to specialize, this is when I started seeing all of these people come in and, and realize there is something that we can do to help these people. There are exercises that you can do to reduce this type of pain, even as your body is changing so much through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. So that's kind of how I got here. Yeah, you're so right. I think a lot of people assume, well, I'm pregnant. So yeah, of course, things are going to be uncomfortable. Of course, there's going to be pain. And I think that does get reiterated through like mainstream pregnancy messaging um, in the medical world and in the fitness industry of like, yeah, well, it's kind of part of it or, you know, just like modify or stop doing that. So I would love to talk about, okay, first of all, what kind of constitutes pregnancy pain? What are some of those symptoms and experiences like? Yeah. So there are several really common pregnancy pains and all can be kind of lumped in the pelvic region. So what I see a lot is SPD, which is the pelvic pain in the front of the pelvis. Like when you're stepping up into the car or when you do a single leg movement, it feels like your pelvis is going to rip into you. That's a really, really common one. And then SI joint pain is another one, which is like in your back on the sides. There are these little divots there. And that can be a really common one in pregnancy on single side or on both sides. 
Also, tailbone pain is really common. And I see that happen a lot after births, particularly more traumatic births in which there may have been a significant degree of tearing or if there was a tailbone injury during that birth. Right. Okay. So why does that happen? Why is there pregnancy pain? Where does SPD even come from? Why does our back suddenly start hurting? What's actually happening, I guess, from a physiological perspective that may be triggering some of that pain? Yeah, that's a good question because what I hear a lot is that relaxin is to blame and relaxin is the hormone that relaxes your body for birth. But people are like, I'm 20 weeks. My body's not supposed to be preparing yet. And really relaxin gets a lot of the bad rep when it's just the changes that are common in pregnancy. If you think about what's happening in your pelvis and in your body during pregnancy, there are a lot of changes happening. I was actually pregnant in my advanced anatomy class. The first thing my professor said to me was, do you know that your lumbar vertebrae get larger during pregnancy to support the baby? So these changes that commonly that are just normal during pregnancy are kind of to blame. I don't want to say that necessarily because there is no one culprit. It's just a variety of different things, but we've got to recognize that also there are so many things happening in your body that it's really important to start supporting your body with specific exercises and specific things that we can do because the changes, they're not going to go away. Right. You can expect the changes to happen and they're going to continue going on. So you can't really roll it back and reduce the changes, but you can reduce the pain. Absolutely. I think so much of it comes back to being like be adaptable because your body, like you said, your body will keep changing. <laughs> That's like what it is yes. designed to do right now. And, but yeah, I think so many people are, are afraid and they, they relax and is such the bad guy, you know, like that gets blamed all the time. I actually just gave an interview about that and similar sentiments where it's like, it's one consideration out of many different structural or hormonal pressure changes that may be contributing to symptoms or, you know, uncomfortable experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just one out of a a variety of hormones that are at play in your body. So it's not the bad guy. I mean, relaxing is a great thing to have. No kidding. And, and for everyone listening, like that is how your body accommodates growing a baby. That's why like your abs can grow and expand and everything can lengthen to accommodate for that kind of significant physical and structural change. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what the body does to mitigate these changes and to, to mold itself around these things. And I think oftentimes when we're seeing pain, it's like, it's the lack of variety there. It's not necessarily that there's anything wrong. It's just that your body is asking for a little more support from certain muscles, from certain groups of muscles and asking you to be a little more aware of like your pelvis is changing in a really big way. And you've got a lot of pressure going on in your belly and in your pelvic floor. So let's pay attention to that a little bit more. Right. So can you put your doula hat on and talk to us about like what's happening as our body is changing. We're getting these big shifts in hormones and obviously our organs are getting moved around. The uterus is growing like pressures on the pelvic floor. Like what's really happening on the inside as pregnancy continues? Yeah. A lot is happening on the inside. I was actually (laughs) talking to somebody. I posted a TikTok the other day and this is kind of off subject, but it was about it was just making fun of the like discharge versus pee question that we often have during pregnancy. Like, did my water just break or did I pee myself? And somebody asked like, why does that like, but why though your blood volume (laughs) increases like (laughs) by half when you're pregnant things that 
you don't even think about are happening. It's pretty insane. Not only are the physical changes happening, but there's the hormonal changes and there are mental changes. There are stresses, there are anxieties. There are all these things that we don't think impact how we feel physically that really do. So as the baby grows and as your uterus changes, you've got all these ligaments that are attached to your uterus and attached to your pelvis as well. So those are also stretching and expanding. Um, and those can have a have an impact on the pain we're experiencing or how we're carrying ourselves or the pelvic floor itself and the structures in the pelvis. Right. Like our bodies are incredible. And like, it comes back to that. We're like, we're not fragile, but we're also not invincible. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're amazing creatures, but things can happen and pregnancy can be hard. Right. But we so, also have to recognize that these things, while it's hard, it doesn't have to be normal. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. What are some of the things that we can do, I guess, from a proactive standpoint, or if we're starting to feel some symptoms, what are some things that we can do in pregnancy to alleviate or mitigate to the best of our ability? Yeah. So I take a three-step approach to this with my clients, um, which includes a combination of stretching, mobility exercises, and strengthening. The first thing we're looking at are four things, hats is what I call them. We're looking at the history. Have they had pain in the past? Um, Because oftentimes it can be linked back to like, oh, I had this injury in college and it felt similar to this. And now, oh, it's popped back up and it's turned into this. So we're looking at the history. We're looking at their alignment. What are their tendencies there? We're looking at all of the tendencies. Do they have a tendency to hold their pelvic floor too tight? Do they have a tendency to stand in a certain way all the time? Are they doing things like during walking that has a tendency to cause pain? And then we're looking at their strengths. What are the strengths and what are their perceived weaknesses? Because it's not necessarily that your body is weak. It's that we've been told a lot of things about our body and those can be taken into consideration as perceived weaknesses, not necessarily real weaknesses or things we need to fix. So we're looking at their strengths and then what needs to be added into that. And often I find that taking that three-step approach of you want to stretch and mobilize some things, and then you want to strengthen things that may be contributing to the pain or maybe could just use a little boost. Right. Well, I like that. I like the all the different acronyms that you provided there. If somebody, I'm going to go with SPD because I feel like that's such a really common thing whether it happens like it's early onset, like they're in their like second trimester and they're suddenly having that sharp shooting pain where it feels like you're getting stabbed in your vagina. Or Mm -hmm. like for me, it was, I didn't really get a lot of that until I was probably 37, 38 weeks. I had those freaking heavy boys, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just felt so much pressure. And so yeah, getting in and out of the bathtub, like the bath felt so good, but then I was stuck in there. I couldn't get out because it was like that, transfer of like stepping out like my husband had to like literally pull me or boost my butt into bed because that was really hard to do so it's not like yeah. a strength problem it's like this pain problem so what what are some suggestions for navigating that like I was like okay I can deal it's only a few more weeks but for a lot of people I mean that's it's really painful because it's not just exercise it's activities of daily living Yeah, absolutely. I mean, SPD is more of an activity of daily living than it is an exercise. Um, So often what I'm doing early on with my clients is working on those activities of daily living and making sure that they're strong in those different things like moving your leg into external rotation to get in the car. But when you get that far along, it's like people aren't feeling that SPD until 37 or 38 or 39 weeks. And they're like, is there anything I can do 
until this baby comes out besides just wait. And what I would say in that is we've got to work with the ranges of motion that we feel comfortable in. So making small tweaks to those, putting a step by your bed. I have a bed that's very low, so that was never a concern to me, but I can understand my baby. My last one was very far down there. So it was like walking was out of the question. I had to stop teaching spin, just working within the capacity of what we have and finding small tweaks for those. So taking one thing at a time, doing something a little bit differently and see how it impacts the movement. And then kind of sticking with that once you figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And it may be because they're at the end of pregnancy, there's a very small threshold of movement. So it's just working within that capacity and finding things that we can add in that may help. Um. But it is so hard with athlete brain. You're like, well, I want to do this and I I should be able to keep doing this still. And it's like those shoulds and expectations that can be so brutal to like quiet the brain. And I know you all can't see me right now, but it's just like, you know, you got to like really like quiet your brain so that your body can just be and adapt and be exactly where it is right now instead of where you thought it would be or where it was last time or you know, whatever your, our expectations can be so rigid sometimes. And when you're dealing with any pain or symptom or injury, that's really tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, in my second pregnancy, I taught spin until I think it was 37 weeks and I continued to take spin until the day before I gave birth. I started experiencing pelvic pain as a spin instructor at 20 weeks. And I probably let it go on for about a month or two months. Cause I just wasn't there mentally. I wasn't ready to let it go, but every class I would come home and my husband was like, Madison, you got to stop this. I'm like, but <laughs> I just want to hold on a little bit longer. So it is, it's not just physical. It's so mental and letting that, that piece, like letting your movement change to what your body needs right now is really, really hard. It's not easy at all. No, oh, I know. That's why I'll talk about athlete brain all day. It's like, we, right? we don't address that part, but nothing else we're talking about really like it carries as much significance, right? So yeah. on that note, I'm going to, I'm going to provide like a tangent because I want, I want people to be able to identify with some of these things. We see a lot of pelvic pain in runners or a lot of times people like to do a lot of single leg movements, like lunges. And they're like, oh, well, suddenly like my vagina is like hurting. There's a sharp shooting pain. Like, what should I do? So what are some exercises or movements that you've seen uh, trigger a lot of pelvic pain? Mm -hmm. Running, walking, going up the stairs, getting out of the car, lunges, getting up from the floor, getting in and out of bed, rolling over in bed. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Rolling. Isn't that so weird? (laughs) It is so weird. It's so weird. And what I'd suggest for rolling is a pillow between the legs with gentle support on each side could be helpful. And it's so individual. So when we're talking about these kinds of pain, I can provide suggestions and movement tweaks all day, but this is like a very individual experience. So what may work for one person may not work for another person. And that is completely normal. But I see a lot of people that come to me and they're like, I've tried everything. I've been to this blog and I've been to this blog and I've done these things and I've done the pelvic floor physical therapy and I've done the chiropractic care. Nothing is working. Is it something that I'm doing wrong? And no, it's not. It's just, there's a bridge that needs to be built between like what you can do now, what you have the ability to do and where you want to be. Right. 
Oh, that's so true. And, and again, that kind of connects to that like athlete brain of like, I really want to run. I really want to keep doing that workout that has step ups and I don't want to modify it. It's just step ups, but it's like everybody is going to respond to it, exercise and that stimulus in a different way. And if your body is like giving you that feedback, like pain isn't bad, pain is feedback, right? But if your body is giving you that feedback, then that's the sign. Like when we say, listen to your body, like, well, like that's it people like that's it <laughs> right that pain that's it <laughs> yeah but I, again that's really hard because we're like well I want to keep running or I want to feel like I can do that workout with the class or like I think there's even a fear a- associated with reducing some of those movements like well I won't be strong enough for birth or fit enough if I'm not doing certain exercises will you talk about that since you can like wear both of those hats as like doula, but also coach. Yes. I hear a lot of that. Like I've been in pain for my entire pregnancy. I planned on being fit and exercising the whole time and I, I couldn't. So now I feel like I'm not going to be as prepared as I should for birth. I'm not going to be able to physically recover as well as I should. Exercise is great y'all, but <laughs> you can have a great birth and a great recovery with or without it. It yeah. doesn't determine what your ability is in birth or recovering postpartum. Yes, it can be helpful. It can be a helpful tool. Um, and I, that's what I do. I'm a fitness coach. But I can't also ignore the fact that sometimes movement is not the best for somebody in pregnancy. Like their right. body actually needs that downtime. And it's not really going to affect your birth or your postpartum period long term. Yes. And there's so much dogmatic information in the fitness industry and in particular the like fit mom and like pre postnatal, like just do these exercises and bounce back and whatever. So then there's like this guilt and shame associated with needing to make some adjustments or really like limiting exercise for whatever your reason may be. Like there are so many different considerations that impact pregnancy that extend beyond pain but then there's this shaming and dogma attached to that too, because of how we've seen this shift in a lot of our cultural messaging. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's just, it's all over and pregnancy, <laughs> birth and postpartum, the messaging out there is you can find anything on the internet. And I swear most of it is not very helpful. I <laughs> it's know. Really not. And <laughs> it's really frustrating because there is this guilt and shame associated with so many things when it comes to parent, we've got that inherently. I mean, being pregnant, going into birth and being postpartum is really hard. And we're going to have our guilts and our, our problems with it, no matter what, but then add on these messages that everybody is telling us that we have to do this and we have to do that. And if we're not doing all the things and we're not going to be able to fix ourselves and we're just going to be like a lump on the floor and pain the whole time. And then we're not going to be able to give birth the way we want to give birth. It's just <laughs> so frustrating. It creates so much stress in a time where the change that's happening is already stressful enough. No kidding. Okay. That was so beautifully said. Thank you for acknowledging that. Before we like venture into postpartum, are there particular suggestions or movements? Uh, and I know there's, there's a lot of nuance here. I'm asking that on purpose, but people want to know, <laughs> well, then what exercises should I do? Or what should I do if I can't do lunges? Or if I, if this bothers me, like what should I do instead? Can you give some suggestions to that? Right. So my first suggestion would be to modify the movement slightly. So if we're going into a lunge, bring the foot up a little bit more. So it's like a kickstand squat. You're still getting that single leg movement, 
but you're also keeping the pelvis a little more supported. Um, so that would be my first thing to look at is what can we tweak in the movement itself so you can still continue to do that movement, but in a way that doesn't cause pain. Um, and then in addition to that, adding on mobility for the adductors, which are your inner thigh muscles, they are attached to the pelvic floor and they can often be kind of a sticking point when it comes to these kinds of pain. And then mobilizing the pelvic floor as well. So what I often give to clients is something called a tail wag, where you kind of tuck the tail under and then push the tailbone out so that we're kind of stretching and lengthening the pelvic floor. Same thing with like opening up the legs into butter, butterfly pose. Again, making sure that we're in comfortable ranges of motion and not causing any pain. And then a lot of exercises to strengthen the hips, the core, the glutes can be really helpful in supporting the pelvis. Good. So I think a lot of people are like, well, if there's pain, maybe I'm weak and I need to get stronger. So I'm going to do a ton of kegels. Can you give me your opinion on that? Uh, <laughs> so many times I see that it's not the pelvic floor weakness. That's the problem when we're talking about SI joint pain, tailbone pain, mm -hmm. pelvic pain, it's pelvic floor tightness. And if we continue to strengthen the pelvic floor without lengthening or relaxing the pelvic floor, then it doesn't necessarily help the pain. It actually may make it worse. So that's not something I do, obviously. That's a pelvic floor physical therapist job. Merely I can make suggestions on that. And that's something that I do in my intake form. Like, have you seen somebody? And what can we pinpoint any other symptoms that may indicate that it may be an over-tightness issue rather than a weakness issue? Right. You guys, that's what we really our coaches, anyone who's gone through the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism certification, we're trained to look from the outside in and then get that complimentary help from what you provide and what your pelvic floor physical therapist is able to give us as feedback. And so it's so wise to be able to say like, I can recognize what's happening here, but I can't truly diagnose. And I just really appreciate you making that point. Um, because a lot of people will say, well, like, it's like black and white exercises and advice. And well, you definitely have this and, you know, we're not here to diagnose. We can just help from the outside in. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're pivoting into postpartum now, we've had the baby, the baby came out one way or the other, there is a ton, there's a huge spectrum of considerations, but if we're going to narrow it down to pain postpartum, what are some of the common types of pain that you see a lot of postpartum people experience? And is it similar to the pregnancy pain? It is similar to the pregnancy pain. So I do see a lot of people with SPD continuing. Um, SI joint pain is a really, really common one. Tailbone pain, depending on the birth. So that can often be linked to maybe something that happened in birth. Mm -hmm. um, so I ask a lot of questions about what happened there, just so I can kind of tease Would out. Would that be like what back happened. labor could contribute to that? It could that? be, but it could also be, it could be a number of things. So again, that's going back to even the pregnancy, looking at the tendencies in the pelvic floor. So what can we note there? And I, and if clients are coming to me in the postpartum period, they've already been through the pregnancy, had their baby. That's something I want to look at as well. Like, did you experience these things in your pregnancy? Did you have pain in your pelvic floor? And then how did your birth go? What happened during that birth? Was there anything you felt unsure about? Did you feel like your pelvic floor was too tight? Was your tailbone in the way? But back labor, yes. So back labor can put the tailbone in a position where the baby has to go over it. So setting that up a little bit better so your tailbone is back can be helpful. Again, back labor is not a bad thing at all. I had two babies, three babies pushed out on my back. So, but yeah. So really can be linked back to what's going on in pregnancy, but there can also be new things that pop up. Hip pain is a really common one in postpartum because your hips have gone through a lot of work. Your pelvis has expanded and it's going back to 
not its original position, but its new position. Yeah. Yeah. Those are a few things that I see in the postpartum period, but they can be pretty common with in, in line with what happened in the pregnancy as well. Absolutely. And so for somebody who tore or had an episiotomy, is there oftentimes pain associated with some of that healing um, as like scar tissue starts to form? And if so, can you just talk to me about some of that? Yeah, absolutely. I had an episiotomy for my first and I can tell you from firsthand experience, yes, there is pain associated with it. <laughs> and often people with an episiotomy and stitching will have pain with intercourse not just the first time, but extended as well, which is why we want to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist, make sure that everything is healing well down there. A perennial scar massage can be a really helpful tool. But again, a lot of that can be mental as well, can be linked back to how you feel about your birth. Was it a traumatic birth? Do you feel like you're healing well? How do you feel about your current situation with your pelvic floor? Because it can feel like a real disconnect. Um, So not only is it a physical thing that we're experiencing after say an episiotomy or like a high degree tear, but it's often a lot of the times mental. And that mental part can have a lot to do with the pain we're experiencing in our pelvic floor. It's not just physical. Right. Right. And that is so important. And also X is a good segue to say, if you're somebody who's experiencing pain, if you're somebody who had a traumatic birth, also like along with the help of somebody like Madison or a pelvic floor physical therapist, having at least maybe even like a one-time debrief session with a mental health therapist can make a significant difference. And so if this, you're like, oh yeah, that's me, 100%, like that could be a way to round out your postpartum care if that's not something you have considered prior. Absolutely. Go team. (laughs) Yes, yes. So helpful to address that mental part of it because Mm -hmm. often we can just be like, oh, my body is broken. I'm just... right." My birth sucked, this postpartum has sucked, and I'm just broken. We want to like blame one thing. Well, it's because I had an episiotomy or it's because I had a C-section and it's because I was in labor for 30 hours. Like it, we want so desperately as humans to like point the finger and say like, where did it go wrong? You know, but what we yeah. know is it's always multidimensional. It's just, it's really hard. It's a hard thing to find acceptance around. Oh, and it so is. I mean, even going back to that exercise, because I, I hear a lot of it with my postpartum clients as well. Like, oh, it's because I didn't exercise during pregnancy or actually my midwife told me it was because I exercised too much. I've totally heard that. Um, So there are so many facets to this. Right. Yeah. And we hear that all the time with prolapse. Well, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. And like just that guilt and self shame that happens. And, and so I know while we're talking about pain today, we see this show up so often with our postpartum athletes and clients in general, where, you know, they blame themselves or they want to, it was my doctor or it was my midwife or it was my doula who told me this or my coach who told me that for a lot of our experiences, but it's truly like, there are so many factors that influence outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we really have to, my job as a coach is to really watch my language and make sure that I'm not putting any of those assumptions on my clients. I really want to hear what they're hearing from me because I don't want them to think that anything I've said would directly affect them in that way. Like Madison said that blah, 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 Um, because it's coming from all angles. Anyway, you're getting it from your family. You're getting it from your friends, from your doctor, a different perspective from different practitioners. Everybody has an opinion. Um, (laughs) And opinions are great, but also we have to come at it from a position of like, this is, this is your experience. This is your life. And pain is very, Mm -hmm. it's a very 
hard process to go through. And you can take everything internally and personally. Um, And so making sure that we're approaching it from a place of very much supporting that person and hearing that person and understanding and not putting any of our biases on that. That's, that's the thing that I find is the, the change for a lot of my clients because they have been in a position where they're like, well, I stand the wrong way. My posture sucks. Mm -hmm. So just taking all of that, what they perceive that their situation is, and then just being there to support and understand Mm -hmm. and being like, your body's not, it's not sucky. You're just going through this situation and let's meet you where you are. Yes, a hundred percent. And I mean, just radical grace, right? Like radical grace. I think that's, that's what helps guide any kind of life transition, but in particular, like postpartum when so many factors have changed and you're acclimating to a new life, new body, new situation, maybe new symptoms or experiences. It's radical grace and knowing what you're experiencing now isn't necessarily a permanent experience. And there's so much that can be done to improve like the well-rounded quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk to me a little bit about C-section pain or maybe um, incisional pain? Do you have experience with that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. C-section incision pain is really, really common. And it can actually, it can actually be in tandem with pelvic floor pain as well, with continuing pelvic pain and SPD. Um, and it's because that scar tissue can like intertwine and mesh. And so with this mobilization of the scar can be really, really helpful in ways that are really com- that are comfortable to you. It can be really hard to desensitize yourself, both physically and mentally, to your C-section scar. So taking your time with it. And making sure that you're mobilizing and kind of in tune with what's going on with that. Because it, it can be single-sided. It can be below or above. And I haven't had the SC section. You know better than I do about what that feels like. Yeah. Um, but guiding people on not only the mobilization part, looking at their alignment and their tendencies as far as holding your core and holding your pelvic floor tight. And then making sure we're working to do a, something a little bit different than those what those tendencies are. And then making sure we're taking that mental aspect in it as well. How are we feeling about how are we feeling about the C-section scar? How are we feeling about the birth and our recovery? And are we able to move around well? Because that's also really important. Absolutely. That like motion is lotion sort of sentiment, right? <laughs> yes. 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 Such valuable information. And I hope that people who've listened today feel a sense of hope and also just more like informed about some very normal experiences that people have and options that exist for navigating a lot of that pain. So tell us a little bit about some of the services that you offer, um, the coaching that you do and any, any new upcoming things that you have going on. Yeah. So I do remote one-to-one fitness coaching. And then I also have four programs. I have pregnancy program, postpartum program, one for specifically for pelvic pain called powerful pelvis. And then I have a prolapse program as well uh, for those self-paced or with coach guided attention. So personal one-to-one support as well. I'm also doing an upcoming challenge, five days to a stronger core and pelvic floor. I'm going live for this one for the first time. So I'm excited to offer coaching and education via a Facebook group. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. If you are somebody who's listened to this and you're like, I feel seen, then please like take the second guessing out of your exercise and your programming and your lifestyle adjustments and consider reaching out to Madison. And when we have a great team of PNPA coaches that they just truly like get it. Like, that's what I love is like, we all come from different backgrounds and experiences and expertise. 
but we get where you are at. And if you have listened to Madison and you're like, yeah, like she, she knows exactly what I'm experiencing. Really consider reaching out and getting that one-on-one coaching because it will alleviate so much of that stress of second guessing. And then that shame of, oh, I wish I would have done this or would have done that. You have somebody in your corner to support you. And I mean, you offer that in the form of being a doula, but I mean, gosh, this is another, it's like another avenue of that kind of support, the same support that we would hire a doula for. Our fitness deserves that too. Our bodies deserve that too during pregnancy and postpartum. So Madison, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. And then tell me real fast, where can we find more about you? What is your website, Instagram, all that stuff? Yeah, you can find me at www.madisonkleckler.com. Instagram is at madison.kleckler. Same for TikTok. And I believe same for Facebook. <laughs> all the all the things. All the things. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for giving us your time. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.